0: I
1: okay. feel mm-hmm.
2: Welcome to the Opinated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 103, the first episode of the 2022 year. How y'all fellas feeling?
1: Good, man. Happy New Year to y'all, man. Excited to be back and ready to rock this thing.
0: Yeah, man. Same here. Glad to be back recording again. Glad to make it into this new year. Looking for some big things to be coming in 2022. Uh, So, you know, I'm not going to hold it, bro. Let's just go ahead and get right into it, man.
2: Yes. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. We're back again after a small break just to get back to what we love to do, and that's discussing sports. Like Ramon alluded to, we're not going to get in the way of that. We're going to jump right into it. I think the first thing we have to discuss is Antonio Brown's demise. We missed it while we were on break, but we got to discuss it when we get back here. Uh, I'm interested to know you guys' thoughts on this. Um, of course, if you haven't known, Antonio Brown quit mid-game, which made history against the Jets in Week 17. Uh, there have been also multiple versions of what happened with the story. Antonio Brown released a statement saying that his ankle was injured and that the team was trying to force him to get back in. Therefore, the coach told him to hang it up because he refused to go back in because of his ankle. And Coach Arians came out and said that Antonio Brown was more upset because he had some bonus uh, bonus money on the line based on the amount of receptions that he had. I think it was around a half million dollars that he would have received or receiving a certain amount of receptions. He wasn't getting the ball. So he was upset at halftime, but he came back out. And then at that point when he quit, he told Arians, what's up. I'm not getting the ball. And coach Aaron said to get in, he said he didn't want to. And then Aaron said, get the F out of here. So we don't know what happened on those sidelines, but we know we can, relate to Antonio Brown's history, uh, especially with the Raiders and with the Steelers. There have always been just some drama surrounding Brown, surrounded around Antonio Brown. So I just wanted to get you guys thoughts on those, on what happened with Antonio Brown just this past uh, couple weeks.
1: Man, it's sad. It's sad to watch because, again, you thought that things would finally turn around for Antonio Brown. You haven't heard much from him since I mean, he had to run run in with the fake COVID test and or the fake COVID um vaccine card or whatever you want to call it. But besides that, you know, he has been clean slate with the Bucks and he's been doing well and won a Super Bowl. He kind of touched down in the Super Bowl, and it's just kind of shocking that, you know, this big old turn just kind of happened at this part. But I mean, you can really just kind of blame the injury and the you know obviously him being suspended as just one of those things that kind of rolled downhill on him because before then he was doing well and things were going well and he probably would hit all his incentives if he was never suspended and this wouldn't even been an issue but being that he didn't hit his incentives and you know he wanted to get the ball and they talked about how he even you know got into it with with players and you know and at halftime and you know players had to calm that down bruce Aaron's came out with that piece of information but It's just it's just interesting and it's just sad to kind of watch unfold. But you know, all us that know Antonio Brown and every other stop he's been, we kind of figured this was eventually gonna happen. He's a ticking time bomb.
0: Right. Um, and and the main thing for me is no matter what the actual details are, I don't think that we'll ever fully know since we're hearing so many different stories. I don't think we'll ever fully know. But bottom line, you can't leave the field in the way that he left the field. Like I don't care what happened. I don't care. You being kicked out. All of that is to me, a moot point when you decide that, Hey, you're going to take off, you know, your shirt or whatever, your Jersey, all that on the field, you running around looking crazy. Like none of that is ever called for. So, you know, whether or not he felt, you know, that he got disrespected throughout the process or whatever it is still his actions that followed that still were not acceptable. So, Um, the main thing is that you know, with Antonio Brown, like you said, it was only a matter of time before this happened. But the thing is, with the talent that he has, he's still going to get another opportunity in the league. I mean, let's be real about it. We've seen the whole Josh Gordon saga play out year after year, where teams are still giving him a chance year after year, no matter how many drug tests or different things that he failed. And with Antonio Brown, it's going to be the same thing, it's going to be the same song. Another team is going to need a talent. Like that, A.B. is a guy that that you can pretty much take him off the street one week and he can come out and score you a touchdown. Teams are still going to be looking for him.
1: I, I have to disagree with you on that, Ramon. I mean, whether we'll see. Time will tell. But I think he's done. I think this is the last straw. I know we probably said that a lot about certain players, but I think it reached a boiling point with every player. You have your Ocho Cinco, you have your Terrell Owens, who still could have played probably another four or five years. But at some point... Those players hit their boiling point and they never got another chance, you know, and I think with this being publicly and how it happened and embarrassing the team, I think he's done.
2: Yeah, I, I share that same sentiment. I think that he's done um, just based on he's just such a distraction. Um, and I think when you think about what t- team he fit I think the Bucs were willing to take such a good uh, chance on him because of the talent that they had there already so if you have a Chris Godwin and a Mike Evans and a a Gronkowski and then you add another talent as Antonio Brown that makes your offense just loaded along with Leonard Fournette with Tom so I mean when you think about where would he end up it would have to be a team that's almost there and I just couldn't see a team willing to take on that type of distraction.
0: Well, I mean, this was a tweet that came out from Josina Anderson literally last week, right after all this saga that says if Antonio Brown wants a job on another team in the NFL, he can have one. This isn't that is thats not an opinion. That is what I know. So that is somebody plugged into the league. I feel that honestly, we've seen this time and time after again. We didn't think that he was going to get a chance with the Bucs. Did we think he was going to be around for that? Once again, he got an opportunity. We've seen it time and time again that these guys they they get chances. Hey, you know, so I, I, I,
2: let, let me fact check this, and y'all can fact check. I'm not in the business of, of smearing, especially our black queens, Jocina Anderson. But when didn't she report like a couple of days ago that Joe Judge's job was safe? I could be wrong, but she came back and reported like an hour ago that he's fired. So, I mean, I don't know if that's wrong. I just can't see her being credible in this sense.
0: But she did have a scoop say, when he was fired, though. Right. You know, that so thing I, would say, thing.
1: I would say the NFL is a fluid yeah, situation.
0: True. You know, it's a
1: fluid. It's changing every day, every second. People making decisions on their life and on their careers and things. But as far as Antonio Brown with the Bucks, I think the big part of him being there was Tom Brady vouching for him and who Tom Brady is was the reason he got that opportunity. It's going to have to match up in the aspect of – Antonio Brown wanted to actually go and play for a team. It may be some garbage team out there that wants, doesn't mind the negative publicity, just want any publicity. But Antonio Brown may not be like, no, I'm not going to play for that quarterback or be with that quarterback. So, one, it got to match up in that aspect. And two, it has to be a, a good team that actually wants to get him. And so, for that reason, I think, yeah, he may be able, some teams say, hey, I'll take him. You know, we'll have him on our team, the Jets or whoever, you know, but I don't want to go play with jack wilson you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna go and do that or whatever or go and play for some team and my career just tails off he's not gonna do that so from that aspect i just think nothing's gonna match up perfectly more than the bucks a a super bowl winning team you getting catches and you know it didn't work out i don't see him going anywhere else i just think he's done
2: yeah i think it's sad i mean you look at uh his you know as supreme talent over 100 catches you know, four or five seasons straight in Pittsburgh. He was a phenomenal talent, but I think it, you know, I think ultimately the success went to his head. To me, Antonio Brown is like the perfect movie character of the guy that let success go to his head. Like he's such a cliche. Like you've never seen such a clear cut example of arrogance. And, you know, I think eventually I think his luck will run out. I think his arrogance will run out. Um, I'm not sure me as a New Orleans Saints fan. I know we're hurting a wide receiver with M.T. going through what he's going through. Mainly my stance comes from M.T. and how he handled his injury. So the irony of it, but I don't want him nowhere near the Saints. And we could use him as a weapon. I I don't want to deal with it. I'm sure Sean Payton doesn't want to deal with it. So I think talent can only take you so far. And it's just a, a classic example of a wide receiver diva situation, which we've seen years and years. I've defended Antonio Brown in past years. I can't defend you faking your COVID card this year, which caused you to get a three-game suspension. Nor can I defend you in this situation when you're acting like a child instead of a professional walking off the job. It's the way you do it. If you was upset about it, it's like anything else. Let's sit down and talk about it. But you just don't walk off in the fashion that he walked off. And the amount of arrogance that think that that type of behavior should be accepted. So my hands off of it. Uh, Like Ramon said, we may never know the true details of what happened. But I think that Antonio Brown is past the, the, the portion of his career where he gets the benefit of the doubt. Uh, so with some bigger news, we got wild card weekend among us. But before we touch on that, I almost skipped it. We have to talk on some more sad news, and that's guys losing their job. Of course, we never want to see a head football coaches uh, lose their job, but we know that this is a recyclable industry. So we know that they'll land on their feet somewhere. So we'll, we're at liberty to discuss people losing their job. And I think more shockingly, we should start with Brian Flores, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, who was let go after three seasons in Miami. He went 24 and 25 with them, including sweeping the Patriots this season. Really good coach, had a solid year. I think he's been OK. You know, he wasn't expecting him to win the Super Bowl in three years or get even get to the playoffs in three years but it was a shocking, I think it shocked the world. I thought the general consensus on Twitter is that no one expected him to lose his job after three seasons. I mean, just get into it guys. Were y'all as shocked as I was that he lost his job after three seasons?
0: Uh, Honestly. Yeah. I was very shocked that they uh, went ahead and pulled a plug on uh, Brian Flores just because of the way that the team finished the season. I want to say they finished in their last, you know, eight games or seven and one or last nine games, maybe eight and one. Um, It's a team that started off the season slowly. You know, they still, you know, haven't had to me brilliant quarterback play from Tua. Um, And so, you know, it was a team that started off slowly, but they really caught their stride and were really, you know, how does the season progress on? The defense started playing at a really high level. And um, to me, it just really showed that he deserved to have another chance, another shot at it. I mean, you look at a guy like Matt Rule in Carolina, in which the teams went in complete opposite directions, yet Matt Rule was able to make it, you know, another year, is able to still be around. And you see a guy like Brian Flores, who really got the boot, who didn't really deserve that. And the thing about it, you know, like I even I think saw someone maybe tweet out, You know, you know, you made a pretty bad decision when the guy that you just booted becomes basically the number one uh, candidate on the coaching wire. Like he's already getting looks already set for (laughs) interviews, you know, so pretty much you you let go of the guy that now people are like, hey, we want to go get this guy. So it's honestly not going to end up hurting Brian, Brian Flores. He's going to have a job. He's going to have another gig. But I just think that it was a dumb move by the Dolphins. And I really don't know and understand what direction they're trying to go in when you get rid of a coach that went basically, I think, eight and one in his last nine games.
2: Then it was reported that there was rumors that the reason why Deshaun Watson found Miami to be a destination is because of Brian Flores. So you lose your shot. I know Deshaun has a lot to sort out in his personal life before he can get back on the football field. But to lose, we know what his talent is on the football field and to lose a franchise quarterback when Tua has not proven himself to be that. And granted, I mean, it's been two seasons. He's been injured off and on. I mean, but I mean, just in general, when he's healthy, I don't think he's shown the tools to be a franchise quarterback. So it was more shockingly in that sense. But even then, you look at Miami, it's not like they had the ultimate amount of talent to feel like they would perform better than what they were. And still, he had them succeeding, like you mentioned, to finish off how they did at the starting, I think, 0-2 or 0-3. And, and for them to run the table like they did, I mean, it says a lot. I, I mean, just like you said, I mean, I, they, there's a saying that says that another man's tra- uh, tra- uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And I think you will see that in Brian Flores' career going forward. I think that the media will cover him going forward to see how well he'll do. Um, yeah,
1: I'll just... I'll just say this real quick. I mean, like you said, run the table, run seven games in a row, you know, after starting 0-6, quarterback, You go, then you talk about the quarterback injuries. But you beat Bill Belichick three times in a row, that's saying something. You know what I'm saying? That's saying a lot. And to say that he comes from under Bill Belichick and you beat him says a lot. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, how, how you get rid of this man in the, the locker room loves this guy? You know, you lose your locker room. Who's going to want to come and play for your team? Or who wasn't, who's going to want to come and coach for your team? If they know they do a, a good enough job and start turning things around. And you say, hey, okay, you're done. Who's going to trust management at that point? And I'll just leave it at that.
2: Well, I just, I'm just i going to leave it at this. This is my last point on it. But I would love to see if Brian Flores was a white coach as opposed to a black coach. And historically, it's been proven that black coaches, uh, you know, I look at uh, even Jim Caldwell, that they have a certain amount of success, but their leash is so much shorter. And you know, you got other guys that you know I think of when I think of Matt Nagy, who's who's presumably done a terrible job in Chicago. Hey, finally, look how long, it, look how many seasons it took for them to get rid of him. You know, it, it, it gets you to think that you try not to get into the racial barrier type deal with it but it's been proven they have incentives in the nfl for coach for franchises to even interview minorities so it's just another example of a minority coach having a a very short leash and the dolphins let go and i'm I'm a fan of flores and i hope that he does a great job going forward because it's ridiculous for you to perform the way he did and and you lose your job in that way Um, uh, let's get into some of the other firings. If y'all done with uh, Flores, but uh, we look at Matt Nagy in Chicago. Uh, I, I don't think there are any surprise there. Um, Chicago points as a franchise that's been in trouble for a while. They've been trying to get back on on track. Um, they may they may finally have their franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. I think he's shown flashes, but I don't think it's a definitive yet. Uh, but do you do you guys think that this is a good good uh, destination for any coach? Are you looking to go to Chicago if you're a head coach, a hot name in the streets?
0: Uh, to me, honestly, I mean, we've known the Bears for years to have a, a pretty solid defense year in and year out. You're always going to kind of be able to be solid on that side of the ball. And like you said, you have a young guy in Justin Fields that I do believe can be a franchise quarterback. Like I do believe that he can be your guy for the next 10 to 15 years or so. And so when you look at that, when you have a guy that has that natural talent, um, I do believe that it's a good destination. You know, I think that Matt Nagy's time was over, but I do think that um, it's been proven, you know, I don't know how big you can win in Chicago. I don't know if you will say that you will be, you know, Super Bowl contender, but I mean, it has been proven that the Bears are a good franchise and, you know, several coaches even within recent history, have had, you know, decent success there. So I think that it's a it's a good destination. And um wouldn't be surprised. You know, I know that there's already reports of a Brian Flores interview taking place there. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go ahead and scoop him up over there. But um it it is to me a solid opportunity.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got a young running back, you got a young quarterback, you have a young wide receiver, you have young pieces on the defense, you know. I mean, hasn't been what he's supposed to be. Maybe they can get him back up and going. You have some good pieces there. They just need one to utilize his use uh, Justin Fields' offensive skills well. You know, I just feel like they figured it out later on in the year, and you can you've seen him, you know, starting to be a little bit productive. But um, I think they just need to figure that situation out at quarterback, and then just let the young young kid, you know, learn learn the game and bring in a quarter, uh, maybe a, a QB friendly coach, head coach, you know? So I don't know. I think it's a decent position to be in, you know, Chicago, they have a history behind them, but you know, it's probably not the the favorite position, but it's not a bad spot.
2: Well, it's time to talk about my favorite destination. If I was a head coach and after the let go of Vic Fangio for the Denver Broncos, as a head coach, I would be clamoring at that job. Literally, the only thing they are missing is quarterback and there's a guy that's in green bay right now that may be it may be his last year in green bay then they got the the fella in 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 seattle that you know he says he want to be in seattle that don't mean seattle want to retain him so you're looking at a team in denver that's literally in the same position they were when your favorite player ramon uh, pay manning was uh was on the market and that's a quarterback away they're literally a quarterback away from really being Super Bowl contenders. Do y'all look at that as a as the master? That's my favorite destination. We'll get into y'all, but that's my favorite destination as a head coach.
0: I would say uh, if, you know, if, if I had to just choose one destination right now of availability, I do think that that is the best place that is available. Uh, like we already kind of talked about Miami, that culture just isn't good there. Chicago is kind of middle of the road, solid situation but kind of middle of the road new york is just kind of a mess to me right now honestly so just kind of rattling them off i, I yeah. do agree with you in uh in your take of denver you know that run game is stable uh you have definitely some good weapons on it outside receiver wise uh yeah. you've seen a defense that to me was pretty solid this year especially in it, what you got in that secondary you got a young up-and-coming star to Ooh. me in my opinion and yeah, um pat certain, certain. um and so, like you said, it's, it's really just a quarterback away from really elevating that team. You know, you look at them, I think they finished, what, seven and 10 this year. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that puts them, you know, slightly outside of that playoff picture. You bring in a guy like an Aaron Rodgers or, you know, a Russell Wilson, like you saying, and, and that's going to definitely give you, you know, boost you three, four five wins uh, with just a talent like that. So honestly, with evaluating the current situations, that would be to me the best destination right now but I still know destination just absolutely just knocks me out right now it's like okay okay this is this is a home run
1: right there's no there's no good openings like that where you know sometimes you get a a prime position open you know you want it but I look at like the Broncos like we talking about and I look at Vic Fangio and he said it when he, in his exit interview, he was like, Look, man, I didn't have a quarterback here. <laughs> you know? And so, oh, and he
2: don't do Teddy it. B like that. What a yeah. way to go out. What a way to go out.
1: And he was like, I haven't had a fair shot here. You know, like he brung in, they scouted good talent. I can't
2: believe he out. said that publicly.
1: It's true. I mean, and I like Teddy, but Teddy is a game manager. He's not going to win you games. You know what I mean? He's not going to be, he, you're not, you're not going to win games because of him. You know what I mean? But, he, he just he's just okay quarterback you know and I and I see that now I see why he keeps bouncing around you know I never thought he got a fair shot in a couple spots but I feel like you know he had a fair shot this year and he had all the talent around him and he just didn't he didn't show up and you know and Drew Locke ain't it we saw that too and so I I, I agree with you guys long story short I, I agree with you guys they need to just get a quarterback in there
2: so for time's sake, I, real quickly, I I do want to get to wildcard weekend and our predictions and all the fun stuff we always do in this time of year. But I did want to get into what is the worst, absolute worst destination you see open right now for NFL head coaches. Then we'll move on. Uh, for me personally,
0: like I already said, I think New York is, is a terrible spot to be. <laughs> I, I don't really see much going on there. You got uh, pretty much Saquon Barkley and. You pretty much got Saquon Barkley. Uh, So it's not really an opportunity to me that I I think that, you know, is a bright spot. I think I see two teams, you know, really three teams, but definitely two teams in that division that are head and shoulders above them from a talent perspective. Even right now, it's obvious with Dallas. And I also believe that to me, Philly has a better roster, even when you think about upcoming. And I think they'll have three first round picks in this upcoming draft Mm -hmm. to add to that. Uh, so I think that you're already looking at your uh, third best in your division at best and probably fourth best. And um, to me, it's just not a place that as a head coach, I would be looking at and saying, hey, this is where I really want to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you. The Giants probably are one of the worst spots. I mean, they do have a couple key shiny toys there, but their defense is just not where it needs to be um, and just real quick circle back to I didn't want to miss this the Raiders too has a is a nice opening job opening spot that's not being talked yeah. about you know they're yeah. a team that that has done well they have good defensive players on that team and they have good offensive players they just need to get a coach in there so I know that's that was early in the season when we lost John Gruden but I yeah. just want to circle back to that
0: no, actually, yeah. actually that's the that's the top spot in my opinion, as well that you brought Dang, that up. you're gonna leave
2: my you gonna leave my squad. Well, this is like what that? I'm
0: gonna say because this is why I'm yeah. gonna say it <laughs> is that we're talking about Denver with the hopes that they get one of those QBs. Right now, you know that you still have a solid guy. I'm not gonna say he's elite, but you have a good starting quarterback in Derek Carr already there. So if we just look at the the where the roster stand right now. I believe yeah. that it's Oakland. I mean Las Vegas. But if you were had a situation, sorry, I stumbled right there. Throw back. <laughs> yeah. Throw back. Oh, bad. Yeah. Oh, Las Vegas. Right, right. But it, if if the QB position changes in Denver, then that's where I would lean that way. But as it currently stands, I got to side with Los on that one and say Las Vegas. I, I
2: can't. Hey. But, all right. So let's flip the switch. Let's flip the switch. So real quick, the worst destination: Jacksonville Jaguars. Back-to-back number one picks in NFL draft, terrible culture. They fumble every franchise player that they've gotten in recent history. Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Fournette, and then they just have a terrible culture there. They don't know what they do. They don't have any sense of direction. It seems to me that Jacksonville just wants a team as an attraction. They're not trying to win anything. They're the worst in their division. They'll never be good. It'll be five years before they're good. They have Trevor Lawrence, who we they were so bad and had so much going on with Urban Meyer and the culture out there. You didn't even discuss how terrible Trevor Lawrence was as a, as a quarterback this year. Now, we could point to that he doesn't have any weapons and he was on a terrible team. But overall, as a prospect, Trevor Lawrence did not look like the number one pick. He did not look like the golden child. He did not look like the best prospect since Andrew Luck to me. So right, I'm going Jacksonville Jaguars. I would not want anyone. Like, I'm I'm begging Byron Leftwich. I am begging him. I know he loves that franchise, but I am begging him to abort mission. You do not want those problems. And then after two or three seasons, they're going to do you. Just like Brian Flores, they're going to get you out of that.
1: No, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm not all the way out on Trevor Lawrence yet until he. I see him get some decent coaching. But you know how I compare to this. You know how you have that one person – they're always losing friends. That's always just completely losing friends. And you're just like, why are you losing friends all the time? Like why, you know, until you realize that, wait, they're actually the problem. <laughs> it ain't everybody else. They blame everybody else around them. Then you realize, you know what? Maybe you are the problem. You're the common denominator. Antonio there. Brown. You're Antonio Brown is the <laughs>
2: definition of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's the definition of that. But I also talk about the Jaguars management and their owner. He keeps hiring these bad coaches And he's he's the mainstay there after all these coaches and everybody go through there, Maybe it's time for him to change ship and give power to somebody else, because, again, nothing that he's done has changed what's going on there. I think they really have good pieces there. I really think they have young pieces there and they got to get another top defensive player in the draft this year. They just need good coaching. They need some positivity there.
2: Yeah, and I, I, to add to that, those Jacksonville fans—that's a beautiful city. I have family in Jacksonville. I visit—I visit there multiple times. But this, those fans deserve better, bro. They deserve a better franchise. And clearly, the owner is just acting like the Jacksonville Jaguars is just his fantasy team, so he's not worried about it clearly. But anyway, I think we're gonna end up. At least having to do another 20. We're going to have to record like another session. But anyway, yeah. so we'll get into the fun stuff. It is wild card weekend, but even better than that, it's my birthday weekend. <laughs> I know the listeners don't care about that, but we'll get into wild card weekend. We have a lot of great matchups in this first round of the NFL playoffs, but I think we're skipping a step. We got to talk about it. Ramon and, Ramon, Me and you, we do not have teams in the playoffs. I blame Lowe's team. I'm beefed out with the Rams more than ever because they cheated us one year. And now they – how you go up 17 points on the doggone 49ers and just let them rip off 17 points. And I just really feel like they lost on purpose just to antagonize my New Orleans Saints. I have no proof, but it's what I believe. Ramon, I know that you suffered a, a tough matchup with, the, in fact, the Jaguars. Ironically, we, we just right. talking about y'all lost to the two-team. R- Ramon, you win, you end. The Indianapolis Colts, if they would have won week 18 against a two-win team in the Jaguars, they were in the playoffs, and they fought with the bag. Ramon, as the spokesperson for the Indianapolis Colts, as a number one fan, a true fan, not a, a real fan, not a bandwagoner. How do you explain this, bro? Uh,
0: there's no real way to explain it other than we just – we sucked. We were terrible. Honestly, just like we've talked about off-air, uh, Carson Wentz has been inconsistent all year. You know, he's gotten his turnovers down uh, over the course of the season, but it's been inconsistent play all year. And he waited to really the last game of the season to play his worst game. Uh, basically, an average QBR for a game I think is 50 for a quarterback – You want to know what his QBR was? Four. Get a QBR of four in this final game. Uh, That lets you know everything that you need to know about how Carson Wentz performed on Sunday. And I honestly believe that as a a team, you know, it starts with leadership, but as a team, I believe that we honestly came in and felt that, hey, you know, we're going to win and be in. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's get this done, remain healthy, and and start this playoff run. And it didn't work out like that. For the life of
1: me. For the life of me, I did not get y'all play calling. One. And I know that I know that you, you your boy, your, your head coach and the quarterback, they boys, they tight. I understand that. But run the ball until you, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like all this dropping back. That's what changed the game. It's like, okay, yes, y'all got down, but run the ball. You got the best. If not, best young prospect, best young running back in the league. Why are y'all not running the ball? Like, I did not get that aspect. And then once it gets to a point where you guys are down too much, Jonathan Taylor's off the field. Now you got mm-hmm. Hines on the field. You know, now he he he's neutralized. Like, I just didn't get the game plan at all.
2: Yeah. And, and I, as, I, I say this, yeah. too. It, just on the outside looking in, which uh, it seems like the Colts, like, when y'all destroyed the Buffalo Bills like y'all did in Buffalo, I feel like, man, this coach team is, is, they got it together. But then you see that they had on the opposite end of the spectrum, they lose to a Jaguars team who's miserable. I think, I think the bet, I think Bama could have beat Jacksonville this year. So, or Georgia could have beat Jacksonville this year. Like, they, that's how bad they were. I, I know if it was frustrating for me to watch as just an outside look, I know as a fan, it was even more frustrating for you, Ramon.
0: Yeah, it was honestly ridiculous. You know, like you even mentioned Frank Wright. To me, I, I do have many questions on his play calling at certain times, even the game that we lost uh, to the Bucks earlier in the season. If we just ran the ball in that game, we would have won that game, and you wouldn't even have to depend on winning this one to, uh, to get in. So there are definitely some questions there. But, you know, honestly, this team has a lot of looking in the mirror. You know, Darius Leonard said it the best, too. With, you know, we can't just come in and just walk our way into the beginning of the season and think that we're going to figure it out and that it's just going to work. He said, you better work this off season and come into the season more prepared than we came into this regular season. Um, and, Look, you know, I, it's just frustrating.
2: Last little joke I'll add to that. I can't wait to see that episode of Hard Knocks. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I'm not right, even watching. We'll, I'm going to be fair because I'm a man of principles. We'll talk about my New Orleans Saints. I told you guys I didn't want to talk about it until Wednesday. I said it on Instagram. Today's Tuesday because we're recording. I love our listeners, so we'll get into it. I was hurt. I didn't even watch the Sunday night game. I turned on Netflix. That's how pissed I was. You know I don't miss any game on TV. But it wasn't my fault. We took care of business. My Saints needed to beat the Atlanta Hawks in week 18. (laughs) Atlanta Hawks what I (laughs) said?
0: You said the Hawks instead of the Falcons.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Falcons, one of them birds. One of them birds in Atlanta. All we had to do was beat them, and we needed a little help by the Rams to take care of the 49ers, and then we would be in. So I'm watching the game. We dominating. Of course, Taysom Hill went down awkwardly, had a foot injury. He was out for the game, but Trevor Simeon came in and, and took over, as he always do. He can't start a game, but he know how to finish him. Through for nine, nine for 15 and through for two touchdowns. Anyway, we won 30 to 20. So mind you, I'm look. I got my computer, I got my computer, my laptop on the Rams game, and I stopped paying attention to that because I had it on red zone. And I had my Saints on there. And I looked and I was like, the Rams are up 17-0. They got this. And then I look and I'm like, it's tied. I was like, how is it tied in the third quarter? I'm like, oh man, here we go. So the Saints ended. I watched the Rams. And bro, it went into overtime. (laughs) Then Stafford, of course, threw a game losing interception like he always do. I just, I, I just feel like the Rams hate us, bro. Like they knew that they knew that we had, they knew that we were gonna get to the playoffs they won. And they just purposely choose to lose to the 49ers to keep us out of the playoffs. And it's sad, and I just want you to know, Carlos, that for you and your Rams, karma is a real thing. Carmen is a real, real thing. So I wish y'all the worst of luck on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. And that's just my spiel. You sound hurt, man. Again, it's just nothing but a bunch of hurt
1: with the Saints, man. It might be time to switch teams. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll never switch teams. I'll say this, man. Look, I can promise you, we didn't lose on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. We've lost to the 49ers five times in a row and nothing more than We don't want nothing more than to beat the 49ers. They've been a thorn in our backside. They've had our number and we wanted to keep them out of the playoffs. And we would love loved to play the play a banged up Saints team in the first round instead of the Cardinals for the third time this year. So I don't know. It was a lot of it was it was it was adjustments. It was um, you know, uh bad calls, calls by the coach. Uh, there was a third and one with Sean McVay went empty set. In the first half that allowed the 49ers to get the ball back. And once they got the ball back, they got three points going into halftime, which they got the ball at halftime, which they actually scored after halftime and made it 10 to 17, and then momentum shifted at that point. So long story short, you know, I, I'm hoping to see them again. I want to play them again. That's just the competitive spirit in me. Um, you know, they may beat us again, but I want to play them again. Like this team has dominated us for three years straight
2: yeah well they hurt my feelings i don't know what y'all got going on and y'all fumbled the bag and my team sitting at home which probably is the best with all our injuries no quarterback It's, it's nice to be able to look toward the next season and seeing what we can do with our talent all right so we are off the saints and colts fandom uh bandwagon we just had to get it off our chest Better luck next year for me and Ramon. Carlos' team, of course, will be fighting this wildcard weekend, which we'll get into in a second. But we're in for some wonderful matchups in this wildcard weekend. It's my birthday weekend, and it's wildcard weekend. So this weekend is going to be just a great weekend. We just got a weekend full of football. We'll start off with Saturday matchups. We got two games here. We got the Raiders and the Bengals here starting off at uh, 4.30 Eastern uh they'll be matching off the Bengals are at home the Bengals are five and a half point favorites right now um i'm expecting that to drop closer to the matchup but what do y'all think about this matchup is it worth talking about we're just gonna go through all the matchups i'm sure topics will come out of nowhere like they always do but let's start there
0: yeah i, I mean honestly i think it's an interesting matchup you know you look at the way that the raiders close the season Uh, winning their last four games you know it was a nail biter that they had against the Chargers um, in order to play their way into the playoffs and um, I think that they're a team that's you know kind of clicking at the right time Um, but they're matched up against the Cincinnati Bengals who has been a team that to me I could see them potentially represent the AFC I'm not setting them as favorites at this point but they're a team that has an explosive offense when you look at what Joe Burrow is doing Uh, right now in his second year over there you look at the combination that wide receiver trio that they have with Jamar Chase who's a top five wide receiver in the game right now in my opinion Uh, you add in uh, T Higgins and you look at what uh, Tyler Boyd is doing as well that trio is as good as any trio in the league and then you got Joe Mixon in that backfield as a running back Uh, the defense has been kind of clicking at the right moment uh, they're a scary team right now, but I honestly think that this is going to be a good matchup uh, because one thing that you're looking at is two teams from a playoff standpoint that are relatively inexperienced. And so uh, I think that that's going to make that matchup very interesting. Um, and so that that's just kind of like my quick take on it. Quick take.
2: With that being said, who are we, we going to get a graphic of this? Are we going to give out? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 guess. yeah. and so we'll get a graph. We'll post it on our Instagram, O underscore Benchwarmers. Nice little plug there. That's where you'll find all of our predictions. So let's get into it. With all that said, Ramon, who you got?
0: Uh, I got to take Ready the Bengals. Uh, okay. I got to take the Bengals winning. Uh, I'm going to pick them. I'm going to say 27-20. 27-20 we Bengals. We're we
2: scores.
0: I, okay. I mean, I, I thought that's what we were doing. It oh, is, okay. No,
2: yeah. no, no. We, we good. We can do scores. 27-20. I'm writing all this down. 27-20, Ramon got the Bengals edging them out. Lois, what you think about this matchup and get your prediction? I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I, I just <laughs> come back. Come back to me. Come back to <laughs> what it.
2: You... All what right, great, what like... great insight right there. <laughs> uh... <laughs> go ahead and jump into this i'll go ahead and jump in here raiders Bengals. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go Bengals here uh i think it's gonna be rather close they're five point favorites here um you gotta think that the raiders especially if Darren wall is able to give it a go uh for this matchup on saturday evening I, you have to think they'll make this some type of game uh, a very scrappy team um i'm, I'm gonna go here I'm, I'm gonna go with the score being some type of weird score like uh uh, let's go. Ah, uh, twenty-six to nineteen. Uh, Bengals here. Twenty-six to nineteen. Bengals. So
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. I'm gonna choose the Raiders over the Bengals just because I just feel like I, Joe Burrow's health right now is very questionable going into this game. He missed last week. They said his knee's gonna be fine, but it's very questionable right now. But I think I think with their car, I think. You know, they can be able to run the ball successfully, control a game, and make this a low scoring game. I think you when, you, when you combine all that and the Bengals being a young team just now making the playoffs, the Raiders are a young team too, as well, but Bengals being a younger team, I would take the Raiders to beat the Bengals to upset the Bengals. I mean, it's not really upset, they both 10 and 7, but um, the, I'm sure the um, Cincinnati is the favorites going into this game. Yeah, so, five, point, five and a half point favorites. So I'm going to go with the actual the Raiders upsetting them in a close game. I'm going to go 21 to 24 with a field goal at the end to beat them.
2: All right. So Los is the lone ranger here. So we'll go to the nightcap here on Saturday night. we got the Patriots and the Bills facing off at 7, I mean, at 8.15 Eastern. The Bills are the home team and are four-point favorites right now. Uh, so uh, we could just start off. We could go keep it in order. We go uh, Ramon, uh, give his take on the outlook of that matchup and give his prediction. Put me on the hot seat first again.
0: Uh, but uh, I'll say with this matchup, uh, the, the main thing that it comes down to me, you know, I hate to say it and leave it just up to experience, but it comes down to experience to me. I can't say that at this point um, that I really trust Mac Jones to really lead a team, you know, in the playoffs at this point. I think that, you know, the Patriots have played well throughout the course of the year. They kind of got rolling for a while. But even when these teams matched up, I want to say they matched up in week 15 or so. Uh, You saw the Bills come out on top in that matchup. I want to say it was 33 to 21. Uh, I think that Buffalo is kind of clicking at the right moment. They are winners of their last four games. Uh, I'm not going to say the teams they beat because it wasn't the greatest, but when is it their last four games? <laughs> <laughs> when is it their last four games? And I still ultimately believe that Josh Allen is the superior quarterback in this game. He still has his solid weapons, you know, out there with Stephon Diggs. Running game has been pretty solid to me, you know, better this season than what we saw last season from Buffalo. And I think that ultimately they'll get it done just solely because I really don't trust Mac Jones in this uh, particular space as we go into prediction score prediction for this game i am going to go 24 24 20 24 to 20 uh i'm going to go with buffalo 24 20 well you know you always
2: have a blowout in the, on Wildcore weekend and you always have a, a upset you said 24 21 uh 24 20 24 20 uh bills so you know they you always have a, a wild card weekend you always have a, an extreme blowout and then you always have a, a upset a, an extreme upset i think that this game is the prime candidate for a blowout i think that the bills uh firepower offensively will prevail and like you mentioned i think mac jones will come out there with a lot of nerves being a rookie being in the playoffs. Throw a lot of picks. I know that Belichick will have will try to hide that aspect of the offense, which which any coach would. But I think ultimately, I mean, you know, the play out of playoffs work, you have to have a quarterback to win you the game. I don't think Mac Jones is there yet. A good quarterback, but he's not there yet. No experience. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go kind of crazy with this one. I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go um 20, 20, 24 to nine, 24 to nine Bills. Yeah, I'm gonna say this. Y'all better put some respect on McCorkle
1: Jones. We are not about to just let y'all just come and say McCorkle was just inexperienced and going to just get killed out here. So, you know, I'm gonna say first of all, I'm not, not only I'm gonna put respect on McCorkle, I'm gonna put respect on Big Bill Belichick and him and his ability to take away the team's best thing that they can do or their best weapon. And for that aspect, I think he's gonna make this game close as well. And not only that, they played each other this year. So adjustments are going to be made. And so when you see a team play each other, just like you've seen in the championship game, you know, in college, where first game, Bama crushed Georgia, right? And then teams come and they make adjustments. It's hard to continually beat a team. So for that aspect, I'm still going to choose the Bills to win.
2: Oh, he said all this. I knew he was going to right,
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: But I'm going to make it a closer game, and I say – um, I think some points are gonna be scored here. I think you know, both de- defensively, they're gonna be some some turnovers. Um, but I'm gonna go 31
2: to 24 on this game. Bills. Okay, all right. So that'll wrap up our Saturday night. We'll continue on on Sunday. We'll open up with the Bucks. Uh Philadelphia Eagles visiting visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay is entering the game at this point, eight and a half eight and a half point favorites against the Eagles. Um, Ramon, the floor is yours, man. What are you thinking here? Yeah, uh, honestly,
0: yeah, I got to go with, um, I have to go with Tom Brady um, and the Bucks once again, getting it done. I believe that Leonard Fournette, Shaq Barrett, and uh, JPP, I think are all supposed to be back for this week. And um, I think that they're saying that also potentially, Uh, Levante David you know he may be playing as it's kind of up in the air but he may be playing and I think that with them getting some of those weapons back with them getting some of those key pieces back I just think that they are a much better team than the Philadelphia Eagles Um, and so I think it's going to be like a 35-17 Tampa Bay Buccaneers you know uh, hats off to the Eagles for making the playoffs but they'll be one and done.
2: So what your score is?
0: 35-17.
2: Mm, so that's your blowout of the weekend, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll jump right in there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I mean, I'm going to keep this light and sweet. Uh, I think that Philadelphia is emerging. I think that they're going to have a lot of, uh, I think they're going to be a problem in the future, especially with those picks you mentioned, Ramon, to add on to the talent that they already have. Of course, uh, the Bucks eight and a half point favorites right now. So of course, I'm going to go with the Bucks and Tom Brady. I mean, keep in mind, they've, they've won uh they won uh four of the last five uh had antonio brown has been a distraction they lost godwin it hadn't quite mattered i think one of those games they lost uh mike evans of course their only loss in that span was against my new orleans saints who we yes we swept the tampa bay buccaneers this season i know that that doesn't matter of course i always try to make it about the saints and it's not but of course i'll go with the Bucs here <laughs> um i'm I'm gonna go i'm gonna go high with this one i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 40 40 to 16 i think that the bucks will blow them out the water i think that they will they have a point to prove i think gronkowski syria grayson i think that that's enough (laughs) against the eagles uh 40 16 um buccaneers here yeah i'm gonna go bucks too and i'm gonna go 24
1: 14
2: Short and sweet, my man, short and sweet. Straight to it. Straight to it. So we'll go to the next matchup. I think that this is my most anticipated matchup that I'm excited to see, and that's the 49ers marching into Dallas um, to play. Um, the Dallas. That should have go- been Monday night, man. That should have been a Monday night. <laughs> Dallas is walking in as three-point favorites. Ramon, what you thinking here, buddy?
0: Uh, I actually think that this is the best game of the weekend. Um, I think that this is going to be a game that potentially comes down to the final possession. Um, I, right now, as it sits, I do think that Dallas in the way that their offense has been flowing recently, I think that they decided and elected to not take their foot off the gas and to still try to stay in a rhythm uh, in the last game that they had against Philadelphia in which they really kind of could have taken their gas, foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, But San Francisco has been rolling lately. You know, we've already kind of talked about earlier uh, that matchup that they had (laughs) with the Rams. We already kind of talked about that earlier and went into that one. Uh, So I'm going to say I'm going to take Dallas. I think they'll cover the spread just slightly. I'm going to take Dallas uh, 31-27, but I think it's going to be a really good matchup. I'm looking for, you know, Dak to be able to come through and to have a big drive in the fourth quarter that ends up sealing it for the Cowboys.
2: I'll jump right in there, Ramon. I, I follow your sentiments. I think that Dak has a lot to prove. I think that these guys have heard the noise, including Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I think that they're ready to play. Um, I think that the defense, uh, Michael Parson, is just a stud. Uh, we know what he is. He's the rookie, uh, defensive rookie of the year, maybe be defensive player of the year this year. He'd have my vote if I had one. Uh, uh, Diggs has had a, a very good season as a, as a corner. He's been a ball hawk. Um, I think that the the Dallas Cowboys, I think the 49ers, they're one trick pony. Uh, let's let's just call it what it is. With Debo, with Debo Samuel, I saw he's running touchdowns, he's throwing for touchdowns. I think that, you know, I, I think I mean the playoffs, is, is, of course the playoffs, you know, you have to have the trick plays in the bag. I think Dan Quinn I had that Dallas defense rated a roll. Um, I'm not expecting a close game. I'm I'm expecting maybe about a uh probably like a 28 to 28, to, I'm going to go 28 to, I'm going to go 28 to 10, 49ers, 28 to 10 uh against the 49ers. I got Dallas winning, 28 to 10, Dallas Cowboys. Hey, okay. you putting scores
1: on this graphic, Ramon? I just yeah. need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs>
2: 28 to 10? How is that wait, a crazy wait, wait, wait score? To, wait to the how's
1: get a hold of you. How is that how
2: is that a,
1: 28 to 10? How is that a crazy score? Bro, that's a blowout in the NFL.
2: It's a blowout, but I mean, you think that the 49ers can match the explosiveness of Dallas's offense? I'll say this I'm picking the 49ers to win. Answer my question. I'm picking the 49ers to win. Oh, my you, God. did you hear me? <laughs> He's he just saying that because he wants his Rams to face them. Uh, oh, no, he wants the Rams. He wants them to go to Lambeau. And so the Rams will have a better matchup in the second round.
1: No, bro. I, I really think it's going to be closer than what you think. We should do it. We should do it. We should do a friendly bet on this. How many points you gonna give me? No, I'm done betting you. <laughs> no, no, I already took your $20 <laughs> thanks, making the playoffs. Bet. <laughs> we should do a wager. You should, how many points you gonna give me? They're gonna come within. Because I'm telling you, the 49ers are a well-coached team. And so what I understand about the 49ers is they are not only a well-coached team, they're a ball control team. So that team could be explosive as they want to be on offense. The Rams are, too. We can be explosive as we want to be on offense. But when they are constantly getting That's these. debatable. D- okay. When they're constantly getting these dinks and dunks <laughs> constantly, and then they running for seven, eight yards, it's going to be a situation where they won't even be able to be explosive. So, again, how many points do you want to give me? I bet you they come within 10 points of this. team.
2: All right. What's your, what's your sport, man?
1: Oh, uh, you don't want to talk about that, huh? Yeah, because you know. I want to talk.
2: They're not going to beat them by 18. All right. So, what's the school? What's your school?
1: My score is it's going to be 18 to 21, San Fran. I don't yeah. even know how you get 18 points.
2: <laughs> we've seen happen. I will say this, Los, I get what you're saying, but when it comes to the playoffs or whatever, you know how things go. And I understand it it's defense. I understand that the, the field shrinks. I understand it only takes one or two plays for momentum to shift. But you have to understand your team. I understand you being scored, scored because the 49ers just beat y'all this past weekend. But we'll see, man. I, I think twenty-eight to ten is more than fair. Uh, I can't wait to see this game. I cannot wait. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's one of the, the, the most
1: yeah. exciting game I think of the playoffs. Can I? It's can amazing. I change my
2: score? Sure. I, I, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and do uh, twenty-eight to thirteen. Okay. Twenty-eight to thirteen. All right. I'm so, sure. for <laughs> when we make the graphic uh, that's been documented, twenty-eight to thirteen. <laughs> Uh, I, I do I feel like more points will be scored on 49. But anyway, let's let's go to the to the next game. So we'll have the night cap on uh Sunday, which will be the Steelers and the Chiefs. Um the Steelers will be vi- visiting Kansas City, and the Kansas City Chiefs will be 12 and a half point favorites as it's 12 and a half point favorite, um 12 and a half point favorites as it stands today, as we're recording. Um I do not Buy that spread, but go ahead, Ramon. I'm getting to my take. not buy ahead of that myself. spread. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm gonna be little... worse than this. This, this is my get... blowout game. This I'm, is... a... I'm I, getting I a little ahead say... of myself here.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, this is definitely a game you could potentially fall asleep on. Like, Kansas City is gonna blow Pittsburgh out on uh, what
2: grounds, huh? On what grounds.
0: Uh, I, I mean, on, on grounds that we recently saw them match up, and it was a 36-10 to 10 game when we, recently, <laughs> we, <shame>. re- we <laughs> recently saw them match up. Uh, Kansas City has been uh, pretty much blowing and hitting on, on all cylinders recently. I think the main thing is that over time, we've seen their defense clip and be a little bit better. Obviously, they're never dominant on that side of the ball, but all they have to do is have a middle-of-the-road defense with how explosive that offense can be. And I honestly believe that this will end up being a blowout as well. Uh, For my score, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 35, 35, 17. So it won't be as bad, but I still think that it'll be a sizable margin. I'm going to go 35, 17 Chiefs winning.
2: I'm going to go ahead and jump in there. It's a 12 and a half spread. I think it's one of those tricky games. Uh, where the matchup does, I think the, the the public probably would go the Chiefs way, so they make it 12-and-a-half to get some Steeler bets in. And I'm falling for it. I feel like the Steelers understand, being understand that this is his last ride. I feel like he's a leader amongst men. I feel like that the team is behind, and they want to give him their all. Uh, I, I watched their last game, um, their their previous matchup, and, and how close it was. And I looked at how Ben looked on that last drive, man. I, I don't know if he saved it. <laughs> I don't know if he saved it against the Ravens. I don't know if he saved it his best because it was on the line. But he made some pretty vintage Ben throws on that last drive that led to that field goal. So, I mean, if he's going to come out like that, I think that he he's going to give it his all. So, with that being said, I do have the Chiefs winning. But I think that the score probably would be, like you said, Ramon, I mean, the Chiefs' def- uh, defensive issues on that side of the ball cannot be over- overlooked, and I don't think the Chiefs have been as explosive as we're used to seeing in previous years. So I think that this score probably will be a more so probably uh, 29 to 20 uh, Chiefs, um, and I think that that's, go- that's the score I'm going to roll with, 29 to 20 Chiefs.
1: Yeah, this is my blowout game. I'm going to go 35-17 Chiefs. Um I think you're just you gonna know.
2: just gonna steal Ramon's uh, score. You couldn't even change it. 35. 35, to 35 yeah. I told him this. Hey, bro, I if that's swear, what you think the score I is, if that's what you I think the story really is, be like bro, believe
0: it
1: is, as really as be like it is. What, like it is <laughs> my bad, man. I really, my bad.
2: Thirty-five, seventeen. Though, <laughs> yeah, I just really just took that man's score. Hey, man, it's gonna be a fun field weekend. Uh, and then we'll leave. We'll leave it to. In fact, we'll let we'll let. Yeah, let we'll Lo lead, lead off on this, right? So for the Monday and the 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 ultimate cap uh, to the wild card weekend will be Monday night with the Rams facing the Cardinals. I think the are the Cardinals at home for this one, Los? The Rams are at no, home. No, Rams are at home. And they are entering as four point favorites. Carlos, the floor is yours. I know that the Rams are your team. Have it go away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this game is going to start off close. I think, um, you know, it's going to seem competitive, but I think the Rams are going to ultimately spread this thing out. I think Arizona is just missing too much talent on their team. You know, you think about DeAndre Hopkins being their number one weapon. Their offense really hasn't really been the same without him. Um, you know, they've made plays, but they've ultimately been on the losing streak here lately. Um, and I think that continues this week um that losing streak really started with the Rams and we keeping it honest and we keeping it real um so uh and I, I actually attended that game but I think um it's going to be 30 to 20 Rams.
0: okay I guess I'll go in and chime in here uh it's actually crazy because I had a really close score to that um what was <laughs> this ten- score? his score was 30 to 20 Okay. I think I'm gonna kind of alter my score on the spot uh, so that i won't have a similar score to pretty much the same thing but i really think that the rams are definitely just the better team at this point and um so honestly i don't see this game being like super close or anything like that like you said it may start out kind of that way but i think that the rams will end up separating uh so i'm gonna go with um I forget that. I'm going back with my original score. I had 31 20 in my mind. I I gotta go. My I gotta go with my original. Good. I, I tried to change it on the spot, <laughs> but, but 31 should, to 20 was my. At least you changed
2: it by a point, though. Like, <laughs> you ain't copy it like Lowe's. I hit them with their Price is Right strategy right yeah. there. <laughs> go I mean, one above. I mean, let's be real. I mean, the Cardinals are coming in losing four of their last five. They're stumbling into the playoffs. They started off really hot and then just ended up strong. And partly because it's like Lowe's aforementioned, the injuries that they've been dealing with. So of course I have the Rams winning. I do think it'll be close because they are division, uh, division mates there. Um, I'm gonna go, I don't think it's gonna be as high scoring. I'm gonna go 19 to 13. <laughs> 19 to 13 Rams. I guess what's that two, eight points of
1: scoring two touchdowns, going by then kicking the field goal. How the heck you get 19?
2: <laughs> hey, I've seen I've seen crazier things happen. A safety's in there somewhere. Right. He said two yeah. touchdowns,
0: a safety, and a field goal. Huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, something crazy happens. Y'all miss a y'all miss an extra point. Something happened. <laughs> but hey, man, it's been fun. I'm looking to I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out because we, we definitely had this documented. So next episode, it's gonna be fun to go back to ask y'all, what were you thinking? And I'm, I guess a lot of y'all gonna, a lot y'all gonna come at me about this Dallas game. I already know it's gonna be like that. But it's all good. We brothers, you know, we come and we able to come at each other. But uh, that's a wrap, man. I think that we, that's a wrap. I hope everybody enjoys their Wildcard NFL weekend. Make sure that you reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram, O underscore Benchwarmers. Also. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, Opinionated Benchwarmers. We are on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, Stay tuned and locked in with us. We have some things planned for this year. Uh, We're we're planning on having an even bigger year than we had last year. Again, we want to let you know that we have started a radio segment, or we've been a part of a radio segment, I should say, a part of the Simply Simone Show in the Baton Rouge and New Orleans markets, which can be found on 99.1 FM So if you want to check us out on the radio every Thursday, you will find us for a five-minute segment doing what we do best, and that's talking sports for New Orleans and Baton Rouge. So make sure that y'all check that out as well. Me, Ramon, and Los are getting out of here. The voice you're hearing right now is Rob, as always, and we will see y'all the next time.